Judges chapter 6. And if you will, this, uh, we'll, we'll just jump right into the last part of the verse number 33 all the way through verse number 40. So I guess all of the verses are on the paper if you just have your paper there with you. If you don't, then you can open up your Bible there. Judges chapter 33, let's go ahead and read some of that and then we'll jump into the lesson about this, uh, this, this uh, fleece that, that uh, Gideon puts out. So let's read together. The Bible says in Judges 6, verse number 33, the Bible says, Then all the Midianites and the Amalekites and the children of the east were gathered together and went over and pitched in the valley of Jezreel. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, and Ebizar was gathered unto them. After him, and he sent messengers throughout all Manasseh, who also was gathered after him. And he sent messengers unto Asher and unto, unto Zebulun, unto Naphtali, and they came up to meet them. And Gideon said unto God, If thou wilt save Israel by my hand, as thou hast said, behold, I will put a fleece of wool in the floor. And if the dew be on the fleece only, and it be dry upon all the earth, beside it, then shall I know that thou wilt save Israel by my hand, as thou hast said. And it was so, for he rose up early on the, mor on the morrow, and thrust the fleece together, and wringed the dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water. Wow. That's a lot of water. You think God was trying to send him a sign? God was trying to show him what, what was going on? He did show him a sign. Verse number 39, And Gideon said unto, unto God, Let not thine anger be hot against me, and I will speak but this once. Let me prove, I pray thee, but this once with the fleece, that it now be dry. Only upon the fleece and upon the, all the ground let there be dew. And God did so that night, for it was dry upon the fleece only, and there was dew all on the ground. Now, I think about this, and really, as you look at this, the, the, the fleece, and we'll get to it in just a minute, but before we get to the fleece, let's talk about the three verses, or the two verse, three verses before that. Verse number 33, you will see that the, uh, the Amalekites... And the Midianites and the children of the east were gathered together and went over and pitched in the valley of Jezreel. Now they were coming to fight against Gideon. They were coming to, to rage the war. Uh, now we know based on Judges chapter 6, uh, or at the beginning of, uh, of the story, yeah, Judges chapter 6 at the beginning of the story of Gideon, what was Gideon doing? He was threshing wheat because it was harvest time. So these Midianites and the Amalekites and the children of the East, do you know what they were doing? They were coming to collect. It was harvest time. It was time for them to come to the area, come to the valley, and take all the goods. I mean, because that's the oppression that the children of Israel were under. And so here they come down into the valley of Jezreel. There's something about this valley that's pretty interesting. This valley is the host of some future events. This valley is, um, this valley of Jezreel 
is where Barak beat Sisera in Judges chapter four and verse Judges four and five. This valley is the valley where Saul was slain in battle in First Samuel chapter thirty-one. This valley is the same valley that Jehu slew Joram. This valley is the same valley that Joash was slain. And this valley is the same valley the last great fight will take place, the Armageddon. This valley, the Valley of Jezreel. Uh, And and it's also known as a, a different name as well. I didn't write that down, but this valley. Isn't that interesting? This is the valley. Here they come. They've come to take the harvest. They've come against Gideon. Uh, there wasn't fight, there wasn't a, uh, a fear in Gideon's eye because you look in verse number 34, what did he do? But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and he blew a trumpet. What did he do when he blew the trumpet? What did he do? What do you think he did? What, I mean, did he give away his, his spot? Did he give away where he was at? You blow a trumpet, here comes the enemy, and you're blowing a trumpet for what? To sound battle. To sound battle. It's a call to arms. Hey, guys, we're going to battle. Those men, the Midianites and the Malachites and the children of East, were in the valley. Now, Gideon, without fear, uh, didn't run, he didn't hide. He stood and blew the trumpet as loud as he could. Think about that. But in this verse, in verse number 34, what does it say? But what came upon him? What came upon him? The Spirit of the Lord. The Spirit of the Lord came upon him to give him that strength that he needed to fight against who? The enemy. To fight against the enemy. So... What happens when the Spirit of the Lord is upon us? We are ready for battle. Uh, If we're not prepared, if we don't have the Spirit of the Lord on us, how ready are we for battle? We're not not ready for battle. We're not ready to fight. We're not ready to go ahead against the devil. Uh, Look, and just as well as Gideon, just as well as us, we couldn't work without the Holy Spirit of God. So Gideon, the Spirit of the Lord comes upon Gideon and he blows a trumpet as loud as he can with a call to arms. And then what takes place? Look at that next verse. What happens when Gideon blows a horn? They start gathering the troops. And they start aligning Manasseh and Naphtali. Uh, Let me read that last one. Uh, Let's see, in verse number uh, Zebulun and Naphtali and Asher. Uh, uh, look, all those different begin to, to, uh, to assemble behind Gideon. Who was Gideon? Just some little man out there threshing wheat, uh, hiding from the enemy. And here come the soldiers ready to fight because they heard the horn blow. Do you know how much easier it is to, to fight when, when people are fighting with you? It's a lot easier to fight with other people. But we need, we need to recruit people to fight against the devil. 
The devil's real. The devil's for sure. But just as well as him, just as well as us, we cannot fight without the Lord and fight without the, the, the might of the Lord. Zechariah says, let me see here. Did I write it down wrong? Ro- let me read the Romans 8.26. Romans 8.26. It says, Likewise the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. What does the Spirit do? He helps us. He encourages us. He strengthens us. It, It is so important. It is so important that we rely on the Lord for strength. Uh, let's see here. Zechariah, let me get there. Zechariah uh, chapter 2 and verse number 6. Is that right? Did I... Chapter 4. I, I can't read my own handwriting. That's bad. <clears throat> he said, Then he said, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of the hosts. Whose spirit do we need to go in? Whose might do we need to go in? The Lord's. If we approach this thing, if we we fight against the devil in our own power, in our own might, we're going to fail, and we're going to fail miserably. Uh, I think this happens a lot of times to... Uh, people that are called, that, that, that feel like they're called, but they're truly, they're not relying on that strength from the Lord, not relying on the Spirit of the Lord to help them uh, in their call. Gideon was called, no doubt, but Gideon needed the strength of the Lord just like you and me. Any thoughts or questions? Right. So that's the only thing we need to remember. Amen. We have God with us all the time. Yeah. But if we choose to, you know, it, God doesn't override our free will. Right. And I think I get it in, in, in the way of my, <laughs> of God taking care of things for me, I get in his way that you can't take care of things. Mm-hmm. You know, I get in his way. I can't imagine anybody doing that. I do too. Free will doing that. It is. I I agree one hundred percent. I think that I think that myself I get in his way all the time. Look, no, 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 no. Let it happen the way that God wants it to happen, no? But that that's not the way I want it to be done. You think uh, you just think about that and and also to rely on the Lord for strength. Because and and then that goes right with the thought that that we rely on ourselves, and we rely on what we want, and, and that, and that, for that nature, look, don't. What does it say in Proverbs 3, 5, 6? It says, lean not unto thine own understanding. You know, we don't need to lean on our own thoughts. 
well, I need this and this and this. No, that's not the way God works. God doesn't work on our time frame. God doesn't work with our same mindset. Uh, the what is it, the Bible says the, the Lord works in mysterious ways. You know, there's there's ways that God works, and you're sitting there and go, well, why would God do that? Well, God works in His own way. Right. I mean, just like this same exact situation, Gideon had to depend on the Lord because here they can into the valley. And he goes to blow in the trumpet. Think about the trust and the belief in God to blow the trumpet. Because when he blew the trumpet, he gave away his spot. Yeah. He gave away where he was at. Now, and, and, and before this, and from what I understand, from what I read, there was no, I mean, it wasn't like he already had an army assembled. He was blowing the trumpet to assemble the army. And so his call to arms was, hey, these guys are in the valley. Come on. Come help me. Come help me. You know? I mean, that's bravery. That's that's uh, that's some uh, man courage. But what happened was, is the spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he did what God wanted him to do. When the spirit of the Lord is on us and leading us, we're going the right direction. Then we can rely on Him more than we rely on ourselves. And too many times, it's trick and get in the way, and uh, don't let the Holy Spirit work like He needs to. Well, you know, we do things. Yeah. We got it his way. Yeah. Humanity. Yeah. Yeah, it's humanity. We need to repent for it. Get out of, hey God, I'm sorry for being in your way. I mean and uh, but it is it is pure humanity. It's our it's our human nature to want to control the thing. We control the situation. That's right. Any thoughts? Any other thoughts? Or questions? You know, and as we study this right here too, uh, brother friend, this uh, this God here that was helping Gideon, the same God that was for John. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Same God. Same God that's here with us. That's right. Helping us. That's right. It's that same power. It's that same Holy Spirit that came upon him and gave him the courage to blow that trumpet. It's the same Spirit that lives inside of us. And we've talked about that a little bit on Sunday mornings where in the Old Testament, the Spirit of God would move on and off of men and women. But here it is. We live in the New Testament age, uh, the, 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 uh, the age of grace, and, and God lives in us, or the Holy Spirit lives in us. So we have that power within and so we have that power, whether we rely on that power from within to, to do those things and to have the courage to stand against the devil, to stand against the things, stand with courage. You think about, I've read stories and, and uh, seen videos and things of that nature of missionaries and people dying for their faith. How, how in the world do they have the courage to stand in the face of someone saying, well, you deny Christ or I'm going to kill you, and they don't deny Christ. That's courage. And you say, well, I would never. Well, I mean, maybe I wouldn't. Maybe I would. But the, where do you think that courage comes from to stand wow. up for Christ? Love, the Holy Ghost of God. Loving, the love constrains you. Isn't that what Paul Loving said? Jesus That's right. It does. It's enough to have your head cut off and not bat an eye. Yeah. Yeah, it ought to. If you truly don't love him, you'd be scared to death. Well, it's that it's the courage and the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you that gives you that that inside 
okay, I'm going to stand for Jesus. You know, that's, and, and lacking that is lacking that power of the Holy Spirit of God in our life. Because it says, well, I believe Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. I'm not going to quote it right. Let me read it to you. Um, I don't want to misquote it here. Uh, Romans 1.16 says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Why are we not ashamed of the gospel? It's because it is the power of God. Uh, the power of God that rests in us. But look, so here it is. He calls to arms. We see the Spirit of the Lord come upon him. And then also in verse number 34 and verse number 35, when he blew the trumpet, they came and they gathered. Uh, in, in verse number uh, verse number 34, it says, and they gathered after him. Verse number 35, and was gathered after him. Uh, and they came up to meet them. Where'd they come to? They came to Gideon. They came to Gideon. See, God gave Gideon wisdom enough to blow the trumpet, bring them all together, and let's go to fight. Now, chapter number seven, the army's too big and God has to get rid of some. But before we get to that, now we won't get to that tonight, but before we get to that, let's talk about the fleece because ultimately that's, that's his last point. What about this fleece? This fleece that he puts out. Verse number 36, verse number 37, or verse number 36, 37, 38, 39, 40, all the way down to verse number 40. He goes before God and he lays the fleece out. God, if it's wet in the morning, then we'll go fight. At verse number uh, 37, at the end, he says, as thou hast said. Did, let me ask you this, did Gideon need the fleece? I don't think so. I agree, 100%. I think he has trust. I, I think, really, he has trust mm -hmm. that he's going to secure the answer. Mm -hmm. uh, he should have repented for not trusting. Mm -hmm. But... I, now, I think, I, I, I don't know that there's a right answer or wrong answer because the Bible doesn't say. So it's purely your opinion, my opinion. That there's, there's different ways of thought. Why? Why did Gideon need the fleece? Why? Lack of faith. Lack of faith. All right. And, and honestly, that's the first one I look to immediately. It's his unbelief. It's unbelief. What else? What, what else would be another reason why he would need a fleece? Okay, to secure the outcome, right? What do the Jews need? Do what now? A sign. Maybe, it, you know, I mean, <laughs> the Jews I mean, in the New Testament, they needed a sign. He needed a sign. I needed, he ringed that fleece out so much it, was, it almost filled a bowl full. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of water. Dew does not normally accumulate like that. Now, there it was. The, the, the wool that he laid out there was so wet that he filled a bowl full. Man, 
I, I don't know. I, like I said, I don't know that there's a wrong answer. Could it have been? Could it have been that he wanted the children of Israel, the m- m- those who gathered behind him, Manasseh and Asher and Zebulun and Naphtali, could it have been that he wanted them to see that God really did tell him to go fight? Could it have been? There's not a right or wrong answer. I, I'm almost to the fact, well, he's unbelievable. There's no reason for him to ask for a fleece. He had already told, God had already told him that he was there. God had already told him that it was him. God already told him that he was going to be the leader. God assembled those people by him just blowing the horn. God assembled Gideon to be that person. There was no reason for the fleece. But so many times it's just like us. God's told us and told us and told us. Well, hold on, God. Well, let me see if it's really you telling me. No, it is. I mean, it's right there in front of us. And still, well, I need a sign. Well, I I need to know if the fleece will be wet in the morning. But, (laughs) I mean, from what I've read or the the study, they say that wool attracts water. And so the wool is already going to be a little bit more wet than than the ground anyways because the water is going to come and absorb in the wool. So... I mean, the first fleece he puts out is kind of like, okay, well, of course it's going to be wet. Yeah. You know? But then, but then, if you'll notice, I believe that this fleece was completely unnecessary. Completely unnecessary. He did not have to have this fleece. God had already confirmed it. And in verse number 36, he even says it. Thou, as thou hast said, you said we'd defeat him. As you said, this was completely unnecessary. But then also, if you'll notice in verse number 39, Gideon was reverent about his ask. In verse number 39, Gideon said unto the Lord, unto God, he said, let not thine anger be against me. I will speak this once. Let me prove, I pray thee, this once fleece. He said, Lord, Lord, okay, look, I know it, you've already done it once, but would you, don't be angry at me, but would you do it again? I think that he had, I, I don't think that he was irreverent about it. He wasn't ugly about throwing out her. All right, God, strike her down, you know. I, I mean, don't trust you. yeah, I don't trust you. Go ahead. No, I, I don't think that he was irreverent about it. Um, I, I really think that in that verse, you know, he really was uh, reverent about it. But also with the fleece, it was successful. It revealed to him what was going to happen. I mean, I know that it was completely unnecessary, but it did reveal to him what was going to take place? It was successful. What happened to Gideon? He went down the way and won the battle yeah. and did exactly what, what, uh, what happened there. Any thoughts or questions? Do you think it was assurance? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, we do that all the time. Absolutely. Absolutely, we do. No, no. No. But I mean, you, you, you think about, um, you go back to the conversation that he had with the Lord. When God first came to him, what did he say? He said, I'm, I'm, I'm the lowest of the low. He said, I'm, my family is poor. And so you got to prove to me that basically I'm going to take it. He said, I'm the Lord. He said, okay, well, I believe you. You're God. Go down the way a little bit. Go down the way a little bit. He's still the same person. He's still the weakest of the weak and the lowest of the low. He's still poor. And so here he stands with, with all these men 
He wasn't a general. He wasn't a soldier. He wasn't in the army. He had no, he had no, I mean, if he had weapon training, it'd come from his daddy. You know, it wasn't like he was out there slinging a, slinging a blade that was really good and sharp and ready to roll. And yeah. he knew how to throw his sword around and have a shield. He, it wasn't like he was doing all that. So maybe it was that he just needed assurance and that's what God wanted him to do. Sometimes. Do we need that assurance? Mm-hmm. We do when we don't we lack faith. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's that unbelief or that or that doubt that's taking place in the back of our mind. When the devil says, Well, you can't do that. You can't be that. You can't see that. You can't be that. Right. You, you're, you're past. Uh, you know what? You you failed way too many yeah, times. Right. Look at all those mistakes you've made. Look at where you come from. Look at look at how how big of a failure your family is. No, no. You don't stay in your lane. Come on, you <laughs> you need to stay in your lane. No, no, no. <laughs> but ultimately, the devil will throw that at you and stick it in your mind and say, "Well, you can't accomplish that. And you can't go there. And you can't be that." And, I mean, you think about all the men that have been, ever been called to preach. A lot of them, people, a lot of people say, well, I, 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 you know, I'm not a public speaker. I can't do this. Or I can't do this. But God uses people because he calls them for that position and, for, and fits them for the call. When God called me to preach, I was just a kid. What is a kid going to do preaching? I'm still a kid, right? You're not driving on you. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. But as you look at all of it, God, hey, God, if God's called us for that position, He'll fit us for it. Yeah. Maybe it is sometimes we do need the assurance. But listen, don't let your past stop you from being what God wants you to be. Right. Don't let your don't let your uh, people's idea of what they think about you stop you from being what you need to be. Because here Gideon stood, the least of the least, from a poor family. But those men of Manasseh, they, they singled up. Come on, let's go, Gideon. Let's go get them. Right. But we can't let those things stop us from being what God has called us to be. Right. Even if we need that extra fleece, <laughs> that was a little bit unnecessary. All right, any other thoughts? Any questions? Okay. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I thank you for tonight. I pray that you've used this time around the Word of God to help us.